0: Can I play the music
1: now? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
2: cross politics begins in three, two, one.
3: I'm a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your
2: future. Is <laughs> not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman.
1: Government and political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his worship. You are not
2: protecting women, you are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't uh, start, uh, but sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start.
4: When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war, they go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered.
2: You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Retsch, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox.
1: Wow. Wow. Listen to that. Thank you, oh, that thank you. you. Welcome to Cross Politic Live from Fort Worth.
0: Yes! <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. wait a second. It sounds like we're in Texas so I got to try something. That's game. right. Hey, uh-oh. I got to see if I got to see if it's true. You going to cut off my intro? The stars at night are big and
1: <laughs> it's real.
0: It's real. I, I thought it was a myth. It's, I, I'm sorry. True. Go ahead. You can That's do what you. True. I just wanted
1: to know. Knox Knox said he was going to do something. He was going to cut me off. He didn't tell me what he was going to do. I had to see if it was real. Well was done, real. my people.
2: Well done. Well done.
1: So so I was born in in Denison, Texas, on the border of the Oklahoma. I was that really? Yeah. Had no I, I was, idea. I was that first line of defense for those Okies crossing that border up there, huh? Yeah. We had our own form of border control, you know. All right.
0: Y'all need see to anyway, try, anyway. practice some of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so this is actually the, the kickoff of our Liberty Tour. We're also going to be in Rapid City with Larry Elder on April 7th. Love to see you guys come fly into Rapid City on that one. And then we're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona on May 19th as part of our kind of little Liberty Tour that we're doing here. So, um, I'm excited to kick off this forward tour and this tour is not possible apart from our corporate sponsor.
4: Hey, this show is brought to you by Armor 500, the mission of Armored Republic you already heard tonight. Is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve their God-given rights. Body armor is a tool of liberty. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he's bestowed on us. And Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools, so visit them outside, right out there, or online at AR the numbers 500armor.com. So I'm going to give you guys just a quick, you guys probably
1: already know everyone up on stage, but just kind of a quick little bio here. Pastor Wilson is the pastor of Christ Church. He's from Idaho, um, author of too many books, and he blogs over at dougwills.com, dougwills.com. So make sure you check him out. Uh, Chad Prather. Um, So uh, I was talking to Chad earlier out here, and I I said, hey, man, you weren't born in Texas. He was was born in New Jersey, he said, but I was conceived in Texas. (laughs) New Jersey, and I'm like, we're pro-life. That works. That works. Got Texas DNA,
5: baby. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Chad
1: is an American conservative political commentator, comedian, and host of Chad Prather's Show on Blaze TV Network. Lastly, Doctor Peter McCullough is Eat Man. He's the goat of the doctors in 2020. You know what I'm
5: saying? Thanks.
1: And, and somehow, he managed to get Joe Rogan in trouble this last year. How oh, Come on. Welcome our guests. <laughs> thank you, guys. That's
4: so, Doug, thank you so much for that talk. It was fantastic. I think you should probably clap for him again. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah.
3: um,
4: One of the things you hit on in the talk uh, a couple of times, Um, that I think bears hitting on some more is the fact that uh, we've basically stopped defining things carefully. Uh, Right, wrong, truth, falsehood, truth, and lies. Um, And I think COVID hitting sort of exacerbated that problem. Um, And so liberty, we're talking about liberty tonight, has itself become this amorphous idea or ideal or feeling and it's, it's gotten so bad that now it has to do with, you know, it's defined by, you know, what bathroom I can use or what sex I want to be or what laws the government picks and chooses to follow. So can you just start off by defining for us what is real biblical liberty? What is it?
6: Yeah, so um, behind that is I, I've said for years that this, all our
4: culture war battles are, are
6: actually battles over editorial control of the dictionary that that's what we're this is a publishing industry about who gets to define what Um, so it's battles for control of the dictionary on Liberty uh, and I'm fundamentally Liberty is freedom from sin freedom from damnation so that's uh, if we're slaves to sin as the Bible says we are apart from Christ um, we're dead in our trespasses and sins You cannot be free until Christ sets you free, uh, and that's just a basic gospel truth. Moving to the next level, and we're talking talking about civic liberty. Yeah, all the way down. All all right, civic liberty. You're not going to get civic liberty without true liberty in Christ. John Adams, our second president, said, our Constitution presupposes a moral and a religious people. That's right. It is wholly unfit for any other. Mm. So our Constitution cannot cope with a nation full of slaves to sin. Mm. We're, uh, so we have to be set free from sin first. But it, I, I gave you the, the basic difference of uh, uh, solutions versus um, trade-offs. 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 right? But there's a similar mm. thing with liberty. With, with liberty, um, the progressives are fighting for my liberty to do any number of things, smoke pot, fornicate, read <laughs> porn, yeah, right, you know that sort of thing. But all of those liberties couldn't be conducted in a six by eight prison cell.
1: Mm. That's right. That's right. 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 Cell block four.
6: <laughs> so, cell block four. Uh, all of them. You can smuggle drugs into a prison. You can have porn in prison. You can yeah. you can be immoral in prison. The liberty we're talking about in the civic thing is I should be able to start a business, drive around the country. Plant a business in whatever state I want to hire whoever I want to pay them whatever I want to mm-hmm. and they want to receive and I can keep the proceeds and then I can <laughs> move to another state and do it again. Yeah. In, in other words, I can behave like a free man and you you are free to move about the country. Yeah. Right? You can't do that in a in a six by eight prison cell.
4: If you're um push this into a, a few more corners. So that's civic liberty. Um, you talked about the Christian liberty that's over all of us. Christ sets us free, we're forgiven of our sins. But um, our freedoms are not just expressed in terms of what the gov- the civil government will let us do. We also have other relationships to other people. We have right. relationships in, um, in our churches, we have relationships in our families. Right. How does that definition of liberty push into those um, areas? So I prefer to, uh,
6: um The the progressive left wants to treat our nation as each individual, as an an individual atom, A-T-O-M, an atom. They want atomistic society. I want molecular society. So molecular means these atoms form bonds, and they're complex molecules. Your church, your church community, your denomination, your family, your extended family, every five-year family reunion. Those are molecular bonds that are not—they're not the state. It's not the government, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so the the left wants to uh, atomize the society, so the society is like a big sack full of BBs, no structural rigidity, like a beanbag, beanbag chair. Or then they want to grease the BBs, and everything gets slipperier. When you love your wife and are faithful to her, and you bring up the kids right and you join a church and you worship God and you form friendships and you have these local molecular bonds, you are forming the foundation of true human liberty. That's right. Which is not just individual rights, like keep and bear arms. It's the it's the right to have a family and to be able to feed them and and stay with them.
4: Right. So and and it's harder for them to boss you around. That's right. if if, if they're if you're just a bunch of BBs then, then they, then they, which is part of I think the whole play with like critical race theory and and all the woke uh, insanity is just trying to um, everybody's got to have something on everybody. Everybody's
6: got to fight everybody. And
4: suspicion of, of you and, and that guy probably thinks he's got one up on me. But the whole point of it is to divide everybody into BBs, so then they can hurt us around. Right. But if you if you form strong bonds and covenant families and churches and and, and so forth. It's harder to get bossed around. And I think we saw this in in 2020, especially when it's like they come down with the mandates or they come down with the orders, and it's like, who's got your back? Right. Yeah. The church? Yeah. yeah, Right. I mean, some of them, because a lot of them closed and said, we
0: don't got nobody's back (laughs) in this one. Yeah. Except the federal government. You know, as it relates to the family, Dr. McCullough, when did. It seems, it seems like to me that at some point in COVID, I started realizing how much the federal government was involved in healthcare, more than I thought before. So just so you know something about me, I, I actually um, delivered my own children. So I'm pretty much crunchy. Which like we
4: think is really, really scary, right, just but for the record. I just, just don't the like record. the
0: government telling me where and when and how long. And, and, and stand he's had up, seven kids. Too, and I've just had seven so kids. You
2: know, you know. But
0: it seems like somewhere... Dr. Knox. <laughs> I'll take that. Baptize them and deliver them. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> I'll advise baptism <laughs> with these two guys. Uh, when did the family really get subverted in being able to make its own health care decisions? Because what was really obvious to me was that it seemed like now the cover came up, and when you're in the hospital room with you and your doctor, there's actually more than one person in the room with you, right? You have the doctor who's telling you, you're telling him, hey, this is how I feel, this is what's going on. He prescribes something, except somebody comes the there and says, you can't, you can't prescribe that. You can't have that. Comes back to you and says, I can't, can't prescribe that. So it seems like big pharma, big government, <laughs> And other people entered the room into our medical, our medical situations. When did, when did the family get subverted so those other things came in? As soon as
3: COVID hit. You now, before COVID, we can treat any patient with any drug we want to. Actually, during COVID, we can use any drug in any patient that we want to if our medical judgment says that this is the best thing to do. Even during COVID, provided it's not a patient with COVID. Uh, This is really important Uh, Complicated patient in the ICU Can I use any different configuration of antibiotics? Sure I can Uh, Complicated heart attack All the way through Except for COVID COVID is this unique condition (laughs) No For the first time in history Where there is proscription Meaning there is a, a series of Of dictums that's come down from the federal government that says we will not do things. And by not doing things with a potentially fatal illness, it leads to hospitalizations and death. There's a term we use for this called therapeutic nihilism so for the first time we actually have government directed therapeutic nihilism which has led to massive numbers of avoidable hospitalizations and deaths wow but that doesn't seem like it just happened overnight though right something had to lead
0: up to that to allow that door to even be open
3: it it happened within about two months wow and i think when it became known uh in early spring of 2020 that the virus was going to be amenable to a vaccine there was a complete shutdown on any advancements or any interest in treatment. The news stations never gave you an update on treatment. Yeah. To this day, the news, and now I watch the news over in Fort Worth. I grew up in Terry County. I can tell you people in Fort Worth in this area haven't had a single update on what they should do when they get COVID. Can you imagine? We have two years into this and there hasn't been a single program telling our high-risk people what they should do, what are the prudent things they can do to keep themselves out of the hospital and survive? That's
4: incredible. Dr. <laughs> Dr. McCullough, I, I, I'm, that's insane. That's crazy, <laughs> first of all. Uh, but secondly, again, I, I want to go back to what Knox was kind of pushing on, which is I, I hear you saying, okay, this real, like, there's nothing like this has ever happened. But I guess part of the question is still, but then, so apart from you, and a handful of the, you know, the frontline doctors and a few others, Dr. Cole in Idaho, some others. I mean, where has been the massive pushback? You, you never, you, the insanity, they've never done this before. Now they're doing this therapeutic nihilism. Why has the mm-hmm. medical world, at least the majority of the medical world, just folded?
3: The term that's used, and this is, I think, pretty tractable, is called mass formation. Mm-hmm. Mass formation psychosis. And the belief is, and I think this is uh, cohesive, that the vast majority of doctors are in the formation. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by this is that uh, uh, Matthias Desmet at the University of Ghent in Belgium has this construct. And we've seen it before in mass uh, suicides, like uh, 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 the religious cults that end up in suicide. It clearly happened in Nazi Germany. And the mass formation has four criteria. The first is a prolonged period of isolation, that happened. Mm -hmm. The second is having things taken away that people used to enjoy, that's happened. The third is constant free-floating anxiety, Mm -hmm. constant. Like President Biden right before Christmas saying it's gonna be a dark, deadly winter for the (laughs) unvaccinated. Can you imagine a president said, (laughs) said that to our seniors uh, when they didn't have Christmas last year, and that's, what he, that's how he, he, he rolled it up for them right. this year. Wow! And then number four is that there must be a solution or sets of solutions that come down from a, an entity of authority, the federal government. And so we've actually fulfilled all four criteria, and what Desmet says is how do you know we're in mass formation? Because when we see things going on that are absurd, The absurdity of it, people wearing masks driving alone in cars, people wearing masks swimming in Olympic swimming pools, (laughs) uh, uh, these types of things, Uh, but let's talk about some serious absurdity. The World Health Organization says not to use remdesivir in the hospital because it results in more deaths than giving placebo and it injures the kidneys and the liver. Right. And our hospitals, as a matter of routine in the United States, including hospitals right here in Fort Worth, the first thing they'll dial up for patients is remdesivir. That is absurdity. It's absurdity that in 20 countries, it is government-recommended protocol to use ivermectin immediately in treating uh, COVID-19. In over 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, 60 non-governmental organizations support it. And the American Medical Association in the United States has a campaign to abolish the use of ivermectin. Yep. Abolish it. Yep. The absurdity of this. It's now we horse have pace. now we have vaccines. <laughs> we have vaccines where the vaccines are only indicated to prevent the development of COVID. That's what they're indicated in doing. So there are people at the suggestion of their doctors and government authorities that have already had COVID, and what are they doing? They're taking a vaccine. It's too late, it should be absurd (laughs) to take a vaccine for something you've already had. So you can see that we're in mass formation and the answer to this is, I think a lot of smart people, doctors and lawyers are even worse than doctors, they're in the formation.
1: (laughs) So we're, we're um, it's okay to say ivermectin on the show. We're banned from YouTube till May, so, so we got, we got, we got, we're, good. we're good. After we're May, good. not you so. Dr. Corey Queen yeah. and all the curse words, all the medical curse words. Um, uh, Chad, were you a former pastor? Yeah. Okay, you were, you were a former pastor, and now you're a radio personality. Um, and what was it that Abbott did that made you want to run for governor?
5: Uh, well, okay, so July second of 2020, I was in South Dakota. And I was having dinner. I was drinking a glass of wine. I was sitting across the table from Donald Trump, Jr. We were waiting for the next night when the president, Donald Trump, was going to come and speak at Mount Rushmore and do the fireworks celebration. Mm-hmm. We were guests of the Trumps. And my phone went off and it, it told me that Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas had decided to pass out even more mandates and shutdowns and deem people non-essential along with their businesses and more mask mandates. And you guys remember that. So, yep. it was, I, you know, I tell people, I say, I don't sit there. I don't know if it was the wine or because I was sitting with a Trump. <laughs> but I took to Twitter. It's a bad cocktail. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I tweeted uh, that I was going to run for governor in 2022. And uh, so I did. So it, social that, media, Trump and wine. Yeah, and pretty I'm much that's it. it. Uh, <laughs> you should, you know what? Social media should have a breathalyzer feature. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should. you have to pass you a can't test. Use. Right. You can't use. lock you down You're, right there. Out. you're point you're eight. Out. You're out, bro. Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> uh, three. Three. You put
5: a self ban point on. Point four. <laughs> so, so you know, once I jumped in, and it was a long. You know, I'm not a politician. Didn't want to be a politician. Didn't want to run for office. Didn't want to hold the office. Anybody that says they want that job is either narcissistic, stupid, naive, or psychopathic. Uh, and which I, which one are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> which, a touch of all of them, uh, but but you know we get in there and we looked at you know you look at big government. My enemy is not Republicans or Democrats; it's it's the big government. And you know what I uncovered and what I started seeing in that race and in that run um, was one: our constitutional rights in Texas were violated by this governor at least sixteen times in the last 18, 19 months. Uh, that's that's you can't do that, yeah. and uh, it just gets swept under the rug, and people don't realize what their constitutional rights are. But you know, to the point of what Dr. McCullough was saying as well, you have to look at all of these tyrannies that are marshaled against us. So you know, I've always said for 25 years, I said you got a three cord strand that if you don't control it, you're in trouble as a nation. One is the courts, one is the education system, yep. and another mm-hmm. is the media. If, you, if those three go progressive and wild-eyed, wacky lunatic, you're in trouble. But we now have tyranny in all of those areas. Now, yeah. coupled with that, the mainstream media, bureaucratic tyranny, medical tyranny, corporate tyranny—all these things working together. Look, if you've made it these two years and you're still not vaccinated, you're a hero. Like with all the <laughs> stuff, that- <laughs> praise God. Like, I'm not vaccinated. I I'm thinking of getting hey there, my vasectomy you? reversed <laughs> just because like, I am pure-blooded. I, I'm you don't the, got the NRAs. No, I don't on. have it. I, I'm a hot commodity on the streets. And so, <laughs> so, you know, for me, I, I believe, as, as Doug was saying, liberty is a precious thing. You know, if you want, if you want liberty, if you want freedom, if you want peace, you've got to have the right government in your life. That's why Jesus was called the prince, government title of peace. You know, that's why God instituted a kingdom of God. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken except that which cannot. Of course, that is the kingdom. That is that right government. That right government leads to order. That order leads to peace and freedom. And that's why the, most, the biggest evangelists out there are the people who got set free. People that were in bondage and then you set them free. And so we're in bondage now, and we have all these tyrannies that are marshalled against us, and so the fight is real, and it's an uphill battle. Chug. Chug.
0: This is you preaching? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Come, on, <man. laughs> Come on.
0: Wow! <laughs> That, We're going to do it. do it in
5: Texas. That, I, I, I've seen it. seen it on TV. <laughs> Watch
0: out for the offering bucket. I know what's coming next. I've got to ask those.
5: I'm stuff. not going to do that. <laughs> you see what I
0: want at church sometimes, Pastor? I just got to have that out there. Um, so here, here, you remember the scene in The Fresh Prince where Will's dad comes and his dad leaves and he, uncle? he, he asks Uncle, uncle Phil okay. at the end of his dad leaving. He's like, why didn't he want me? Remember that scene? Yeah. Everybody cried that scene, I don't care who you are. <laughs> How much testosterone you got, you cried at that scene. Why didn't Texas want you? <laughs>
5: <laughs> did, did you cry? Well, <laughs> I didn't cry, you know, look, it it was a win-win for me. Okay. Because, again, I'm not a politician. I didn't come with political clout. I don't have any donors. I don't have any backing. I don't have anybody that owes me any favors. There's no multinational corporations. There's no foreign entities. There's no cartels. Nothing's behind me, right? There, there's no big donor. Silicon Valley doesn't care for me. Three weeks ago, we sued Facebook and won. That's the first time Facebook... Oh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's the first time Facebook's ever lost in court in Texas, was, was with Good us. For you. It's an ongoing battle, uh, and we're still dealing with it. They hate me. they got a target on my back big time, uh, But any, and it was for election interference. Mm. So mm. Interesting. So, to your point, um, people, there's a lot of uneducated voters out there, like, for instance, thinking that in an open primary in Texas, that that's somehow going to split the vote and give us Beto O'Rourke. That's not the way primaries work. Primaries work like the playoffs. You send the best person to the World Series. And so um. when you're up against somebody that's got a $65, $70 million war chest and has been in politics professionally Oof, for yeah. 30 years in yeah. Austin, it's hard statistically to beat the incumbent. Uh, they just, you just don't unseat them. That's why Donald Trump has a policy, as bad as it is, to endorse all incumbent Republicans because statistically he knows that that support is going to be there if he decides to run in 2024. But,
0: but mm. even so, y'all want me to believe something about Texas – I'm willing to believe it. Did y'all hardcore? I'm willing to believe all that because I'm still in Texas. I'll blow your mind with um, it. But I, but, <laughs> but but why weren't the people offended so much that no matter what his war chest was, they still are saying we don't want that again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. What, what, what was the connection there?
4: Well, he's yeah, we,
5: okay, You
0: know, but they me. still get Abbott again.
5: Well, it's a frustrating. It is frustrating. Yeah. Anybody that says we're against career politicians but continues to put a guy that's been there for 30 years back in office for a third term. You know, these people who scream term limits and then don't do anything about it. Um, Listen, Texas elections are not secure. Uh, One of my radical ideas was if I were governor, I would have the Secretary of State legislatively and legally dump all the voter rolls so that all of you would immediately become unregistered voters and you'd have to go back and register again. Now, that's an inconvenience, but what that does is it makes sure that one, you're alive, Facts, (laughs) <laughs> Facts, <laughs> kind of important. You gotta be alive to vote. <laughs> you're a citizen. not if you're Democrat. Not if you're Democrat. <laughs> That you're a citizen and that you're in Texas. Yeah. So, you know, we need to do some radical things because Texas elections aren't secure. Now, again, I got 4% of the vote. I'm not sitting here saying, we got to demand a recount because I think I got hoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you went know. with the Trump, though. But it, but it, just was, by the way. it was a
5: win for me because now, after 18 months of campaigning, so I, I, do, I do comedy and humor for a living, right? So people thought this was a joke. They were waiting on the punchline. But after 18, 19 months of campaigning and crisscrossing the state, visiting every county, and talking to people, they realized at the end, this guy's serious yeah. and, and was actually bringing something of substance to the table. I learned a lot, still learning a lot. And I can tell you, you know, based on what I learned and saw, I'll never look away from state politics. It's a dirty cesspool. And I promise you, the rhino Republicans in Austin, Texas, they're as bad as the flip side of the coin because they're on the same 100%. coin. The progressive left, it's big government, folks. Big government, I ran on a platform of we got to get government out of your life. You woke up September 1st with 666 new laws in your life in Texas. That's an interesting number, by the way.
2: But you didn't go to bed
5: the last day of August hoping for 600 some odd new laws. You didn't want that. You want freedom. You want liberty. You don't have concealed carry. You think you, they told you you have concealed carry for your firearm. You don't have that in Texas. If that what? law were passed in 1776, Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton would not be allowed to carry a firearm in Texas without a permit, they'd be too young. So we don't have constitutionality here. We don't rank number one in anything except for high property taxes in metropolitan areas in the nation. We're in the high 30s, low 40s for education, health care, opportunity. We're not not pumping oil in Midland. We're dependent on foreign oil. Uh, Our property taxes overall as a state, we rank sixth in the nation, uh, which is not a good thing to be ranked. And uh, we know, we know for a fact. That, uh, as I said earlier, constitutional rights have been violated. People have got to wake up to this. No grassroots, this will tell you how corrupt it is. No grassroots Republicans, by and large, won in this primary election. None. Hmm. And I've crisscrossed this state. I've yet to find anybody that fully supported Greg Abbott. Hmm. He shut you down he closed That's your right. business. That's he right. deemed you non-essential. That's right. He is the reason we're yeah. having these discussions in Texas. You're making Gabe happy over there. He's I like, know. Preach it! Yeah. Yeah. Preach
6: it! I know. In, our, in our church, concealed carry is for liberals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's open carry. Everybody else is open carry. <laughs> we don't need a license in Idaho is
0: what
5: he's well, <laughs> saying. understand, I love Idaho for that reason. So Chad, uh, can
0: I take you outside of, of just Texas for a minute? Because I'm not going to lie to you, sitting in Idaho and knowing who our governor was, I kind of expected that we were going to get shut down. The places I didn't expect we were going to get shut down was Texas. I just knew Texas wasn't going to get shut yeah. down. That was like, they're going to hold up the standard. But why is it that you think not just Texas, but every conservative governor got it wrong for the most part?
5: Yeah, they all for a little while at least did. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to pat Ron DeSantis on the back, but well, he even he shut down shut Florida. Down. Yeah. Uh, you know, people kept telling me, they said, why aren't you more like South Dakota? I said, well... I appreciate Christy Noam, I really do, uh, but you know, like, South Dakota's only got 17 people in it, and so, <laughs> and, and, I think, and even I think,
4: so, and I think 16 of them were sitting on Christy Noam. they, they <laughs>
5: were, exactly.
3: absolutely,
5: so, um, you know, I, I, I tell people, I say, I want to, I don't want to be South Dakota, I want to be Texas, South Dakota doesn't have its own toast. um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you realize, and they say, well, you should be more like Florida. I'm like, they don't have waffle irons in the shape of Florida. So,
0: They're working on it, though.
5: I want us, you know, I think that Texas, imagine you look at a map of the United States. I'm learning lots of things. <laughs> you look at a map of the United States, right? And let's say, let's say that was a puzzle, and you held it up. Where Texas sits on that map, if you remove that puzzle piece, the nation falls apart. And I think that's symbolic as a metaphor for the way we stand, because even though we have our problems, the nation looks to Texas, as you're pointing out. So, I thought. You look to Texas and you think, man, that's a bastion of liberty. We're going to anchor our hope there. Texas falls, and that's why when there's a marshaled effort. The, the Biden administration hates Texas. So what they wanna do is, when you turn on the television, you see the crisis at the southern border. They don't show you New Mexico, Arizona, or California. They show you Texas. Because they're statistically and strategically and systematically being brought to the Texas border, they need Texas to be blue. Now, as it stands right now, I think we still are a conservative state overall in terms of our values, but we have some blueberries in the chili. Okay, so, yeah. There's There's some blueberries.
1: So whether it's Dallas, Fort Worth,
5: um, <laughs> El Paso, Some San Big Antonio, west. Houston, those yeah. are the blueberries, right? Yep. And I, one of the things that I proposed is we need to have legislation that says if you're going to put an amendment in the Texas Constitution, it needs to be ratified by three-quarters of the counties in the state. So that gives, you know, Parker County to the west of us or Upton County out there south of Odessa as much, say, as Dallas. Because right now this is a mob rule and we've got to stop this kind of thing. Yep. Uh, but this—that's the essence of big government. Hey, What's Jed, Jed, on?
3: we got a—we got a winner sitting in the front row. Uh, you know the states are not completely run at the governor level. No, absolutely They're not. They're run in this state at the county judge level. Right. And Lauren Davis sitting in the front row yeah. won the primary big. <laughs> <with the> Republican. <laughs> Yeah, probably the third most powerful position in the state, and that is where the power. Very sits. important, yeah.
1: that's,
5: and that is where the power sits.
3: did, did don't a judge
1: during or. the shutdown. One of the judges um, uh, upheld or Clay uh, Jenkins in uh, Dallas. Yeah, he like he
5: held up, upheld fines or something that happened in the COVID shutdown? Yeah, Clay Jenkins in Dallas. I mean, that's the same dude that got arrested in college for stealing women's underwear out of the dormitory. Uh, <laughs> And now hey he's a, a judge? Yeah. He's a judge
4: in Texas. Leave his delivery alone. <laughs>
5: Perfect. <laughs> not going to kick Shane, but it's, it's, the guy's got a nefarious past. It's too late. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that one's Some out. Some things
5: need to get out there. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> but you're right, yep. uh, Doc. You're exactly right on that because, you know, people said, why didn't you run on a, on a local level or something like that? I said, for me, I wanted to punch the king in the mouth, okay? Because he was the guy who shut us down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got a whole other pl- lot of players in there, so I tell people I said you got to be a precinct chair. The School board is one of the most important things you could ever possibly serve on. Uh, the county judges, the, the the you know the city council, because again you've got to get it back share. to local government. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, All sure. right, we're we're
1: going we're to get more down that yeah, yeah. that track. I want to bring Doug in here. Um, this uh, do the principles of Leviticus teach us anything about how spheres, you know, family, church, state? should handle pandemics? The principles found in Leviticus, what do they teach us about how we handle pandemics from the family, church, and state spheres? So
6: I should have mentioned this earlier, there are three governments that God has established Mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Family, church, and civil government. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 13, civil government. Garden of Eden, the establishment (laughs) of the family. Uh, The church, uh, Christ gave gifts to men in Ephesians 4. Those we we can form our own governments on our own authority, but those are God given God given uh, authorities. So, is um, looking at Leviticus is public health a legitimate concern of the civil magistrate? I think it is, and the reason I think it is is because of the uh, God promises, not just in Leviticus but in other places in the Mosaic Law where he says, if you obey my commandments, he okay. says to Israel, I will vis- visit upon you none of the diseases of Egypt. Yep. Okay. Um, so one of the things he promises them is freedom from the plagues that the pagan nation they'd come out of yep. were uh, characterized by. And one of the things that people don't realize in the uh, sacrificial system is that when you, uh, in Hebrews it says, the ashes of a heifer Sanctify them so that they're outwardly clean <coughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Why how would ashes make someone outwardly clean well in numbers when you sacrifice the heifer you'd burn the the, the animal would be completely burned mm-hmm. They had to put wood on the altar together with the the animal and you had the two basic ingredients of soap Okay Animal fat and tallow tallow and ashes and then someone had to take the remains and Outside the camp, mm-hmm. and the person who took the remains was made unclean by that process, mm-hmm. and then th- those elements were used by the Israelites in the waters of cleansing, yep. right before they could come and worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this was, a, I think, part of the mosaic apparatus, which was part of their civil society, mm-hmm. was a requirement of bodily cleanliness. So
1: right? uh, on, uh, yeah, that, that's that's helpful, um, but I think. I asked the guys earlier today when we were doing show prep, and it seems to me that the church is almost just much involved in dealing with, let's say, a, a, a local pandemic than the government is. And because the priest would come in and say, hey, that's unclean or that's clean. Um, well, there's a very kind of church connection to that process.
6: At, at the Yeah, the church connection, I think the church should be involved in <coughs> teaching on it. But yeah. at the end of the day, if someone's got an infectious disease, let's say... Um, uh, there's a little town right outside Moscow called Troy, Idaho. Yep. Let's say the bubonic plague broke out in Troy. Okay. Let's say half the people in Troy died, and half of the survivors were sick with the plague. Mm-hmm. If the sheriff were to cordon off that town and let nobody in and nobody out, mm-hmm. and only volunteers in to treat the sick, that would not be tyrannical.
1: Yeah. Okay.
6: okay? Because but would the
1: priest be invo- priest be involved in saying, teaching hey, th- the
6: people? I, I would be in there saying, "Hey, guys, the sheriff's not being tyrannical yeah <laughs> because, because as the, as the pastor mm-hmm. i can't I can't make them right. I, don't want the, I don't want the church to have the power of the sword right. so
1: but the priest would go into like a house and say, "Hey, that mold on the, the on the side of the house, we need to burn it down." The,
6: the priest would was used to identify oftentimes the priest, and this was true up in the colonial periods. oftentimes the clergyman was the uh, attorney and the doctor and the, the coroner. Corner. He, he was the educated guy in the small town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he served a lot of those functions. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with um, cooperation between the, the church and the state on something like that. But at the end of the day, if you're dealing with a real genuine pandemic, not, not a scare, but a genuine pandemic, at the end of the day, some, some people have to be made
4: to stay put. Yeah. But the principle that you're, you're identifying here is the legitimacy of quarantining the sick.
6: The sick, not the healthy. Not the healthy. Right. Which is
4: what lockdowns
6: were. Lockdowns were quarantining the healthy. The reason That's it was right. outrageous right. was they were. it was this sort of a reverse quarantine. Right. Um, right. Somebody got right. sick in Europe. You know,
3: it, <laughs> it was amazing that a false narrative was put out there. This was promulgated in the medical literature. That COVID 19 would be the first illness in human history where two people who had no symptoms whatsoever could just shoot the virus at each other like a laser beam. And, and so, therefore, everyone had to stay at home because they could actually get in this exchange of this viral um, uh, laser tag. You know, it was a t- this narrative to this day drove. A tremendous amount of what you saw what what became proved and it came pretty quickly in 2020 that it was only a sick person can give it to a susceptible person and 85% of the time it was within the household that it was passed because it takes a prolonged period of time where you could pass it so this whole uh, false narrative that asymptomatic people can spread it. So everybody has to wear masks and everybody has to social distance and we can't get together. There's more COVID now, right now in Fort Worth than there was in the spring of 2020. Wow. Nobody here is wearing a mask. No one here is coughing because people are reasonable and respectful. If there are some sick people, they're at home, yeah. but you know, the, the lack of reasonableness here through, and I've said multiple times on national TV, if we would have just had our grandmothers from the 1950s and just common sense, come on now, common
6: walk, sense, walk it off.
3: We could, we just this. That's what we needed. My grandma would have been like,
0: "Here's sense. some brandy." So, so then, Dr. Thank Paul, you, Grandma. Let's just say for a second that Chad was governor. Mm-hmm of Texas, 2020, world, yeah. and you're the surgeon In a perfect world. <laughs> what,
1: a glory, the...
6: what a glorious three days that would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd change a lot, but let's say you were Surgeon General at the time, and he comes to you and says, Dr. McCullough, what do we do? Well, what would have been your instruction
3: to him at that time, the beginning of before the- Before Chad oh, the... was killed. My, 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 yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes before it happened. Well, listen, my, my message is no two doctors can agree on anything, and no two lawyers can either. Get a team get a team of doctors who who are board certified doctors who are treating covid patients so they really know what the illness is and they get a sense of what to do so not fauci okay so no i mean we need a team a team really it's very important to have a team and treating doctors and i would have organized teams on one reducing the spread of illness two early treatment at home, prevent hospitalization to three, do better in the hospital. Do you know when there's not a single hospital in the state of Texas that claims to be a center of excellence for COVID-19? What a shame, we're two years into this, there's no bravado. Who's good in Fort Worth or Dallas? Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the idea is, our hospitals, this has been the biggest cash cow in the history of hospitalized medicine, and nobody claims to be any good at it, even Mayo Clinic. This is wow. ridiculous. And a, And a pillar number four would be on vaccination. You know who got it right? was the Great Barrington Declaration. Yes, sir. They they basically said it was very reasonable. They came out in October of 2020. It was pretty much just after my key paper on how to treat COVID in August of 2020. Great Barrington said, listen, just protect our seniors and high-risk individuals. We'll protect them, special measures for them. Uh, To this day, 40% of people who died with COVID were nursing home patients. The average age is well into the 80s. Special needs people, protect them. Everybody else go on with life as normal Mm -hmm. and we would have gotten, it probably would have been over with by now.
4: Wow. Wow. I think one of the things that's also connected to all this is the fact that, and and I'm going to, I'm going to seem like I'm jumping away from it, but I'm actually connecting it. If you, if you deviate from the narrative, if you have a different, a message that it's, it's pastor. Doug mentioned this earlier in his talk. It's not, Hey, draw you into the conversation. It's shut up. Mm If you, If you, I mean, Great Barrington came out, but it was basically not welcomed onto the stage. And probably some people who shared it or signed it were in danger of losing their jobs. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the thing that I actually want to bring it back to what we we're asking Doug about is um, it seems to me that we're, um, it might seem like a question about Leviticus or the Holiness Codes is kind of out of left field, yeah. but here's the thing. We've walked right back into a new purity culture. That's right. Yeah. So, so we're, it's, it's like people are like, well, that's the Old Testament and they have, were into purity codes. Wake up! Right. Like you're walking around in a purity culture now. Wear a mask. Wear, wear a mask. Yeah. Put the sanitizer on. Don't, and, but it's, it's more than just that. It's more than health purity. Do you want God's Levitical codes or government Levitical exactly. codes? Exactly. Yeah. But it's now also like speech codes. Like but it's, blasphemy only, but it's
3: only for COVID. Right. It's not for tuberculosis. It's not for pneumococcal pneumonia. It's not for meningococcus. It's just for COVID. Yeah. Remember, so so I can prescribe Lipitor, or Zocor, any drug I want to. I won't lose my license. Why should I? I'm just taking care of patients. But if I prescribed ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, yeah. somehow my license is reviewed. Well, why not Lipitor and Zocor? It's what I'm but, telling you is it was always about COVID. There's something special about COVID. There was a plan about COVID. The plan was very clear. Wear masks, stay in lockdown, be in fear, have as much fear, suffering, hospitalization and death and wait for the vaccine. And when it comes, you better take it. It's a needle in every arm, even down to six months old. And Mm. it's not just once, you better take it again and you better take it every six months. And no questions asked. That is the plan, and it is a special plan for COVID, and everybody should be asking the questions why. I wouldn't have believed you in 2020. Right. right.
5: Right. So, and then, and they've got, you know, the mainstream media is the chief champion for them. I mean, just on Sunday morning, you had Face the Nation, has the CEO of Pfizer on there saying, of course, we're going to have to go to a fourth booster shot now. So they're going to keep adding it on. So every time he does that, that's billions of dollars in their pockets. Right. Uh, You know, the CEO of Bayer comes out and says before COVID, we would have never been able to do gene uh, testing and gene collection because, you know, 90 percent of the people that would have been a hard no. But now because of COVID vaccines, we're able to collect this information. You're now admitting that this is genetic testing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and and, right. and we're, they're, put, they're not even hiding it anymore. Right. Some, they're saying, the silent stuff they're saying right now it, It's in
3: the open. I commented on TV yesterday that Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, as Chad mentioned, was advising Americans to take a fourth shot. You should always be suspicious when the president of a pharmaceutical company is advising <laughs> the nation, right And listen, yeah. the, the, and the former FDA chairman, Scott Gottlieb, who's on the board of Pfizer, is advising the nation. You should be suspicious of that. Right. And the former FDA commissioner before after him, uh, Stephen Hahn, is now in the venture capital for, for Moderna. You should be suspicious of that. The National Institutes of Health co-owns a patent for Moderna. You should be suspicious of that. It keeps going. The conflict of interest is rife. The point is, Instead of Borla pushing a fourth uh, uh, dose, he should be explaining why Pfizer knew about 1,223 people who had died worldwide within 90 days of release of their vaccine in the world. That's just come out in the last two weeks. Wow! And why Pfizer did not change the consent form, did not inform any governments, and they didn't pull the product off the market. And the standard is 50 unexplained deaths, the products are gone. 50. 50. Okay, that's 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 normal. So what I'm saying is, it is in the open, and it should be glaring. It should be glaring in the minds of people that something is really, really wrong.
6: Someone once said that it's impossible to convince someone of anything if their salary depends on them not understanding you. Yeah. 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 Or if their cash cow depends on them not following your argument. Right. Good luck getting through.
4: Basically, follow the money. Right. But and you but you have and it's you have this and the media is silent. The the media doesn't care. The media, I mean, unless they're given permission by somebody, apparently to care about some issue, they don't care.
3: The media won't ask a question to those public health officials who are in power. We had Senate testimony on January 24th in the Kennedy Caucus Room in the US Senate building, chaired by Ron Johnson. I co moderated. We invited every public health official you can think of that you've seen on TV. We had seats for them. No one showed up. Steve Kirsch in our group, uh, who's a Mm -hmm. philanthropist, has an open offer on the table. If any doctor in the public health agency or any doctor at any medical school, including ones here in Dallas, will come to the table and sit down and have a discussion and defend the vaccines. He'll pay them a million dollars. No one showed up. Yeah. Two million. Nobody showed up. We just testified in the Pennsylvania Senate. He said, name your price. Five million, ten million. No one will show up wow. who is a doctor to defend these vaccines and collect an early retirement. That should tell you something. Yeah. Wow,
4: yeah. Doug, why... Why, there's so that's out there, and you hear that kind of thing, and I, and frankly, I'm getting kind of depressed. <laughs> I was hoping this. You're was, a bad doctor. I was, I, was, I thought this was going to be a more encouraging show. Better, Doc. but but, but, but um, my my question though is is so we're going to walk out of here in a few minutes, and I can't do anything about CNN. I can't do anything about why these doctors won't show up for $5 million to defend the vaccine. I can't do anything about that. But it, it's, it seems to me that back to the, the spheres, the governments that God has established, um, it, it requires, the only way a, a government gets bloated, I call it the job of the hut government. Like that's what we have. Yeah. And the only way it gets bloated like this is because family governments and church governments refuse to assert the authority that God has given them. The, the, those molecular organizations, yeah. the covenantal right. ties that God has given us, we are—we all feel like BBs, mm-hmm. like you said, and we don't push back. We can't push back because we're just ones. Yeah. So... Talk, talk to us about what do families and churches need to do? Cheer the people up, as you're saying. Cheer them up! <laughs> Make them up for Chad! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> at least give them a Patrick Henry. <laughs> so here's,
6: this, this is the first, this is an overarching thing, and then a, an individual, uh, sort of thing. You should take heart, because stupidity is not a long term strategy.
3: <laughs>
6: Amen. Amen. You gonna give them the organs for that? Let's give him the organs.
4: Praise
3: God. <laughs> Hallelujah.
6: It, it. So basically, we we don't live in the world we think we're in. I'm speaking of our society generally. We live in the world that God actually made. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So that means that gravity reasserts itself. Yeah. Praise God. All right. So, um, so I believe that you're exactly right about the mass formation. This is a Hysteria, this is, a, uh, but like a fever, it will break. Yeah. Mm. Or the, um, now, I hope that when it breaks, some people go to jail. Because <laughs> because I believe that there's... Um, <laughs>
0: I'm for the jail. <laughs> because <it's>, <laughs> Justice!
6: Because <laughs> this is all really, really, really bad, what, yeah. what has been done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I think the fever is going to break. And here's the, the yeah, sign of encouragement that I see. I've been talking about a lot of these principles as a pastor for 40 years. Yes. Okay, I've been yeah. writing and talking, encouraging, doing, uh, and God has been kind and faithful, but, and there have been people who have been tracking. But in the last two years, it's like a gusher of response. Mm-hmm. In other mm-hmm. words, this has, uh, this has awakened a number of people who thought that common sense was enough. Who have realized that it, common sense is not going to sustain itself? We need Christ, yep. and we we cannot have salvation for our country without a Savior. And so we have to call on Him. We have to name His name. And I've seen more heartening signs of that kind of response in the last two years. Um, so this is one. This is take this as a general um, a statement, but it's something like homeschooling in the United States over the last two years went from two million to six million. Yeah. A lot of the things that we're saying here tonight that sort of are received uh, five years ago, even among conservative right-wing red state types, oh, that's a little radical, that's a little radical, that's a little yeah. radical. But we've, I've seen the mask come off in what the government has been doing and a lot of people have seen
1: that same thing. Yeah. Unintended. So I'm,
6: I'm I'm encouraged by that. So
1: so earlier you just you talked about how God gave us three spheres of authority: um, the the civil government, uh, the church, and the family. And it seems like what we've seen these last two years is the the real display of major atrophy in the church and family government, and the civil government has kind of dominated and grabbed a lot of authority while the church and the family government have kind of atrophied or already had been atrophied.
5: Right. You know, if you, go, if you go, I mean, the church educated your children once upon a time in America. The, the church advocated. Uh, the, the church stepped in. The church took care of the welfare situation. The church took care of those who were invalid and those who were sick. The church in America has become toothless in terms of its bite, right, because we have gotten, we've become commercialized and the communities become disenfranchised. That's why Christ said, of course, the Apostle Paul was so big on talking about community. And, and he wasn't talking about unity, he was talking about oneness, because you may can disagree with somebody and still be one with them. So it, it, the problem is, it, you take the word integrity, it comes from the word integer, right? It, it, it means to be one. You're one with yourself, you have integrity we've lost integrity with ourselves, we've lost integrity with the community, we've gotten disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. to to your metaphor about the BBs, Mm -hmm. and we've lost that sense of community. Well when we fraction ourselves apart like that we become powerless in that regard and then you see whether it's, you know, people go to, they choose churches on what coffee is served in the lobby. You know, this, this, and then we expect the church to step in and fill that spiritual void and gap. They're not equipped to do that. Chad,
0: have you ever had the coffee though?
5: <laughs> the coffee's legit, The coffee's legit, and the temperature's always set right.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. I think the thing that people frequently, one of the other things is too is, we, we, you, you're, you're talking about Christ is king. We're talking about the fact that um, without Christ, we, we don't have freedom, we don't have liberty. The church doesn't reassert itself, families don't reassert themselves, but what we're talking about is the lordship of Jesus. Yeah, and and I think it's easy for people to Jesus, you know, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. I'm not. We're down in like, you know, this is like, is this the buckle of the Bible belt? I don't know what you call it. Text. It's the second hole. Second. Se- okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, and everybody, you know, Amen, hallelujah, and they stand up, and the organ goes, and everything else. But but what Jesus, <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: what Jesus is Lord means is that there is no authority, no power in this world except that which comes from Jesus. There's no authority except which comes from Jesus, which means you only have, like a civil magistrate only has authority from Jesus. A a father only has authority from Jesus. A pastor only has authority from Jesus. And when we say that Jesus is Lord, that's what we mean. That's what the Bible means when it says that Jesus is Lord. It means he's king of kings and Lord of lords.
6: And, And God uses the rebellious and disobedient as he pleases. Yes. So it's as though five years ago, let's say, or two years ago, some faithful minister somewhere was saying, oh Lord, would that you remove all the lukewarm churches in the land. And (laughs) he said, how about COVID? (laughs) And and then the the unbelieving
4: civil magistrate said, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think that's happening across the board. I mean, Chad and I were talking right right before the show, but like, I, I, I mean, COVID's been terrible in certain respects. But in other respects, I think I think COVID has been a gift. It's been an absolute gift because the God. I mean, God set the bar so low. Like, here's what you have to do to be a faithful Christian church in the middle of the lockdowns: be open, <laughs> don't require masks, and no masks. <laughs> We got, a, we
5: got a pastor over in Parker County. He took the doors off of his church and burned them in the parking lot. <laughs> that's how they do it. are not Texas. shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right.
3: I like that guy. <laughs> I, don't
5: know, I like but that guy. It's give, the, him, give him a little job. Okay? Uh,
3: but, you know, but, it's the same uh, thing. Uh, thing uh, with... uh, keep in mind. Keep in mind. There's been some uh, pastors and priests, particularly in Canada, that's been put in jail. That's, yeah, right, that's right. right. So that's this right. is serious business. I've uh, in COVID nineteen. I've had a worldwide reach, and I've come to conclude that it's in the minds of people to hurt other people right now.
2: Mm. And that
3: uh, in, the, in the smallest little remote places in Africa, South America, I've talked to people and it's in their minds to hurt other people. And it's around COVID, not treating COVID, letting people die. Uh, it's not about Pfizer and Moderna. You know, in Indonesia, it's about Sinovac. It's a killed virus vaccine that they're forcing into people. They have people on their knees. They can't get a government check unless they take the vaccine. Down in Chile, in Santiago, they can't get money out of an ATM unless they prove that they're vaccinated. There's in the minds of people, and the allegories and the the phrases that just leap out of the Bible is extraordinary, right? Can't buy and sell. What did we see in Ottawa with the truckers? Mm-hmm. Shut down their bank accounts.
6: Well, in North Idaho, where we are, we have Bona fide Canadian refugees yep. in yep. our in our church. Multiple Canadian families yep. coming across the border to get away from uh, Edit genuine. Edit that part out, Neil. Yeah, so it's, Genuine. It's, it's so, so there's something
3: going on, and it's in the minds of people. And it started early in COVID. Yeah. yeah. In some places in the world, particularly the Netherlands, the treatment of COVID for the seniors was about 40 milligrams of morphine, IV, and say goodbye. It's euthanasia, and it's gone on, and it's been rampant. And the seniors never saw their family members again. It's occurred on a large scale. What's going on right now, in Australia, they've built 12 vaccine concentration camps. They have two open, and they're walking themselves into vaccine concentration camps. The distortion of the human mind cannot be understated at this point in time. There is, it's a very dark cloud over the world. The whole world is looking at the United States as a beacon. Can we break it? The messages I get every day overnight is, what are, what are you guys going to do tomorrow, and can you break this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I ask everybody to do is just do a little internal review of you yourself and ask yourself, What have you done that's courageous, that's publicly courageous? I get tons of messages. Well, I'm behind you, Dr. McCullough. I'm behind you. Mm -hmm. I said, but what have you done? Well, I I, I want to be comfortable in my job, uh, and everything's fine with me, but why don't you get out there and say something bold, right? Everybody to get out there and make a bold move. Be courageous. Have a bold conversation. Bring it up. We got to bring it up over and over again. Come on, these vaccines—it's clear they have risk. They have the ultimate risk loaded. Where there is risk, there must be choice.
6: Speaking, Go speaking ahead, of it. what, uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. In the
6: in the middle of the frenzy, um, some of our Logos schools stayed open. Um,
4: throughout um, our, our Christian school there in Moscow. We just closed, we went online for a little bit, but we opened back up.
6: Right, so um, we went through this, the school year, no masks required, did the whole, the whole thing. And um, a pack of girls from our high school went over to a nearby, um, nearby grocery store to get, uh, it was a teacher's birthday or something, they went over there unmasked, and an elderly lady masked came up and just let them have it, just, you're selfish and you know, and they said nothing and just smiled and and just stood there and she huffed off and then an elderly man also in a mask came up to them and said, "Way to go, Patriots!" Oh my goodness! <laughs> 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 and, and I'm I'm grateful that he appreciated it, but what are these teenage girls doing? And why are you know? Right. Why aren't you? Yeah. You know. Why don't We need to stand up and say no. Yeah. I mean, think about it. No.
0: You know, and Pastor, there's, there's, and the
4: thing, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, because I want you guys to get, is the mic available? We're going to open up for some Q&A real quick. So get I, that mic available and go ahead, Pastor. I, I just,
4: I just want to say that the thing that I think we've forgotten, too, in all of this is that, so when you do what, what Dr. McCullough just said, when, when you say no and you show some courage, and they will come and they will huff at you. And, and they will fire at you. They will shoot at you. They will call you a hater, a bigot, whatever. They're, they'll call you anti-science. And the thing that you, you need to be prepared for is, so when they do that, that means you're winning. And, and pe- that's right. But people think that because you have an enemy or because someone's standing against you or disagrees with you, that that, that it's not working. No, but that's the only way you actually push back is when you actually... And, you know, take this with, this is all within the fruits of the Spirit. I I mean this within the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. But unless you collide with the darkness, you haven't actually engaged with it. You haven't actually engaged with it. But, you know, I always remember, you know, Paul in the beginning of Philippians. He's writing the Philippians, uh, assuring them that everything's going well. He's in prison, probably in Rome. And he's like, hey, guys, don't worry about it. I'm in here in prison. And now everybody in prison knows the gospel. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
4: and, and and you know, John going great. It's going great. He's like, they threw me in here and thought they would stop me, and now everybody knows I'm here because of the gospel. And I remember John, Mac- John MacArthur said something similar after you know they did a little reverse, and this, he's one of one of my heroes because of it. Um, they initially said we're going to shut down, and then they studied it some more and said, you know what? They don't have any right to tell us to do this, and they opened up, started having services, and he said, and if they come for me, I guess it's time for me to start a prison ministry. Um, but we need to have that kind of attitude that when you stand up and then you have the blowback, then think to yourself, now's my chance. Right. Right. Now's my chance to graciously, winsomely um, share the gospel if needed, share the truth as needed, tell the truth. But it's in that conflict that when you don't lose your cool and you're at peace and you're in, you have a smile in your face and you're seeking to love your enemy, even in that moment, that's when the gospel shines. That's when the power of Christ shines. Also,
0: you know, courage doesn't just come out of thin air. Yeah. It's something that has to be cultivated in practice. And the way that you know people don't have courage, you see them on public, but it started because they're not being courageous in their own home right. and with their own sins. You, know, you have to be able to fight first the very sins in your own life if you're right. going to fight the tyranny that's out there. That's I think right. we, at one of the conferences, we, Pastor Toby talked about, you need to defy this tyrant in your heart first. Like, that's, that's the battle. Yes. Once you can beat that tyrant through the Holy Spirit and through God's scripture and his word, then it's like, well, I'm a free man, and a free man doesn't bow down to false gods. You know, and so you...
4: The, the courage...
0: Um, and, you know, I say this, we got a lot of faithful fathers and mothers that want to be engaged in the battle, and I got to tell you, one of the most beautiful things that's happened in my home that I see and with the people that I fellowship with is watching women become more joyful in their duties to their families so that joy springs out from the household into the culture. Yeah. You know, and watching husbands come home and, and cultivate their children and teach them and their children watching them be courageous in public. And, and that kind of thing, if it's not coming from the home, if it's not being cultivated from the home, you don't get courage in the culture. Right. And it starts with husbands loving their wives and wives loving their husbands and cultivating and training their kids in the things of God. If you don't have that, don't go be courageous out in the world right now. Come back, put a pause on it, get this right here and then let that joy flow out to the rest of the culture.
6: And that
4: kind of courage is con- contagious. Amen. Right. That's right. Amen. I'm, I, remember, I remember when you, I'm sorry, I, I'm just going to interrupt you please, like that. Please. I remember, I'm going to bring up, you guys remember Gabe got arrested. I don't really? know if you knew that. I, I didn't know that. It, for The happiest
6: day of his life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, before you go there, my wife, when, when I got arrested, um, I was supposed to go home uh, and pick up uh, Safeway, uh, stop by Safeway and pick up food for dinner um, and then come home so my wife could finish cooking the meal. Well, I got arrested about five o'clock um, and, and went to the county jail. And then when I got out of jail, I got, had this voicemail on my cell phone from my wife saying, hey, don't worry about stopping by Safeway. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: good. Well, See, that's, that's, a, that's a faithful wife but, right but, there. Yeah. She had your back.
1: I, but the, I deleted that voicemail. I should have never heard it, but yeah. anyway.
4: No, we, we, the, remember, we did, we did this psalm sing protest, it was, and there were a couple hundred people at our city hall, uh, and we just sang like three psalms, and we were going to go home for dinner, and then the police showed up and arrested Gabe and another couple. For not social distancing, for not and, not social distancing and not wearing a mask. Outside. And, outside.
2: <laughs> and, we
4: and they had spray painted
1: circles six feet apart on oh, yeah. the city yeah, hall parking lot, up. so the cops could see that we weren't social distancing.
4: Yeah, and, we didn't, and he wouldn't stand on the dot. So, but but the thing that I was going to point to, to key off what you were just talking about, Knox, is that, um, so there was like a couple hundred of us there, and that happened, and it was just this crazy, insane scene. And so but the elders met, and we said, well, we got to go back. Amen. Yeah. And so the we, we, next day, we, we told all the people, we're going to be back on Friday. And so it was a Wednesday when he got arrested, and then on, on Friday, and I think we went from 200 to like 700. Yeah. yeah. And just the church just showed up, and which, first of <laughs> all, was just glorious, because it was yeah. like, you know, Like, what a gift as elders and pastors to say, folks, we were going to go back and sing again. A couple of our our people got arrested and were going back, and they turned out in hordes. And and one of the glorious, beautiful things was there were moms on Facebook saying, if I get arrested, will you watch my kids? And if I get arrested, (laughs) will you watch my kids? Just... Just, just cheerfully, joyfully that's standing right. with their people. Yeah. See, that's the potency that that we're talking about. though, is if you don't, if you don't have that kind of potent community, that kind of family where we got each other's backs, and yeah, I got your kids if you get arrested, um, then then you can't stand. But it, but but um, God was so kind. We didn't plan any of that. That was that was just us just trying to say we don't Amen. think this is right, and God, would you please help us? Yeah. And God turned it into something far bigger, and it turned into a massive victory. Massive victory. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, got your bug. bug. Oh, okay. Thank you. you. Got my bug. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, there you go. The uh,
1: prosecutor, when President Trump retweeted my arrest, um, she uh, texted the picture to her father and said, um, "Christ Church is a bunch of assholes." Of, of President Trump retweeting our, our arrest. You knew that? Are uh, the prosecutor. Like Liz, the prosecutor, oh my goodness. in this. I mean, just it was egregious how the city was just so blinded by what they just did that uh, us being able to follow up with another psalm thing. I, so I, I'm i in a federal lawsuit, so I get all the text messages and emails from all the everyone involved in all this. And all the backroom conversations, hey, just ignore, it, don't talk about it, it's going to go away, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then our elders are like, let's go sing again on Friday. <laughs> um, and then we got... People coming down from northern Idaho and politicians coming up from Lewiston to join us in singing psalms, and they probably never sang a psalm in their life. <laughs> um, and it was just a, a glorious way of pushing back. I think one of the things that's happened over the last number of years, so growing up in Texas, one of the things that I experienced was kind of a lukewarm Christianity. Everyone here in Texas is a Christian, whether, whether they really were or not. And then my dad moved the family to Oregon in 1997, uh, where I think that was where I met my first atheist was in Oregon, was in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> Makes sense, actually. Oh, okay. they're, they're all yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liken the move of like going from uh, cowboys and Indians to VW buses and hippies. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> but that, that contrast of uh, kind of woke our family up in a lot of ways. Um, it was the best spiritual move of our life to move to Eugene, Oregon. And to see, I remember proactively proact- thinking, Wow, I met an atheist, who, someone who doesn't believe in God. I need to pray. I need to read my Bible like I do. I hadn't really done it very well to that point. But I think that lukewarm Christianity has created a lot of apathy in the church over the last 40 years. Mm. And so we've, um, the, the Christian uh, courage that Knox is talking about, the Christian um, exercising their faith in the public square. I mean, I remember my, my grandpa in Laguna Hills, California, telling me that, hey, you never talk about, you never mix religion and politics. And then he would be the only one in the room that would be allowed to go and talk about religion and politics. <laughs> and, and for 40 years, the church has been conditioned, don't talk about religion and politics, don't mix religion and politics. Um, and, and so we, we've talked about this on the show before, where Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh kind of became our political pastors during the week. You'd go hear a good sermon on Sunday, and then you'd go, you know, listen to Chad Prather during the week. <laughs> <laughs> To learn
5: what oil to think, oil and water, baby.
1: <laughs> oil and water, oil and water. <laughs> to to learn about uh, you know how I should be thinking about this law or this politic and, and so forth. And so the the church has left the the public sphere and has abandoned the sheep and all this. And now, like the last two years, the sheep have been looking for churches that are open. The sheep are looking for um, our first conference we ever did was in uh, October 2020 in Nashville, Tennessee, in mean, Franklin. And I remember the biggest feedback from that conference was, my church is shut down. It's so good to be here and see other Christians. We were the only Christian conference in person in COVID 2020 in October. And, and, these, and there's about 900 people, but the feedback was, my church is shut down. I'm looking for a new church. I, I just want to worship God, and I want to be encouraged. And I, I think the, the, the church and the family have kind of atrophied in all this, and the government has dominated Us in a way, and it's because we've abdicated our different varying responsibilities in all this.
0: Um, So, we're gonna open up for some questions. There's a mic right in the middle of the floor, so we're gonna try and get through as many questions. You guys have any questions that you want to ask? All right. Y'all know what we're about to do. Thank y'all so much for coming out. Thank you. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. All right. God bless you. God bless
1: you.
2: When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. (laughs) So where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.